I'm Alana Burke, CEO of Your Life's Workshop, coach to entrepreneurs and solopreneurs across dozens of industries, and host of Good Business. With nearly 20 years' experience helping hundreds of clients create profitable, ethically driven, and sustainable businesses based on their life's work, I'm here to teach you how to do great work, make great money, and make a positive impact without feeling like you need a shower afterwards. Welcome back to the Good Business Podcast. Today is extremely exciting because it's the very first time I've ever recorded with a live audience. Today is the very first session of the Good Business Incubator, which is a six-month support group designed to deepen the teaching that I offer here on the podcast and provide support and community to uh, a really fabulous group of um, very diverse entrepreneurs. So today's topic is all about mistakes. Why am I talking about mistakes? Because we all make them. And a good business means managing the bad and the good and doing it effectively and with elegance and with education and with confidence. And it's probably one of the skills that almost nobody teaches when you're learning, you know, kind of how to do business. So first, um, I'm going to go over what kinds of mistakes are we talking about, just to make sure that we're all on the same page going in. Then I'm going to talk about kind of how people generally handle mistakes and why those are the also mistakes. <laughs> so the mistakes in the mistake handling. Then we're going to talk about what to do better, how to do it better and why, uh, and what the power dynamics at play are and kind of why it's important, what the upside of doing it better is, and then what those actual tools are and what those skills are to do that more with, you know, more skill, more elegance. Okay. Then we're going to wrap up with um, really just understanding like kind of what's at stake here and because it's more than just the client relationship. And so we'll get to that at the very end. Okay. So first off, let's talk about what are the kinds of mistakes that we're discussing today? Now I'm going to cover things like late deliveries. If you're a service provider, errors in what you deliver, disappointed clients, failure to follow through on something, that sort of stuff. Um, if you are, if you have a product-based business, that could also include, you know, sending the wrong item or something arrives really late, you know, shipping mistakes or something gets damaged in shipping and you have somebody who's really grumpy, right? If you've been in business for any amount of time, you definitely have had one or many of these experiences and kind of, it's one of those things that like nobody gets out unscathed. I have been in business for, uh, about 15 years now, and I'd say I probably have had over the years, probably 10 really rough client experiences would be my best guess. I've never really counted. And out of that, there's probably about three that think I'm the devil and say mean things about me behind my back. (laughs) So it happens, right? Nobody really makes it all the way through business completely like clean because the old adage of like, you're not going to please everybody is absolutely true. But some of those things were because of my own inexperience too, and not having the education that I'm going to give you on this episode. So that's part of why I want to do this to help you avoid making those easy mistakes along the way. You know, most of the time, the big, the big, hairy, awful ones were because I didn't know what I was getting myself into in some way. 
And that comes with experience over time. So some of this stuff is avoidable and depending on your industry and what you do, that's going to be variable, of course. But we're going to speak in pretty broad generalities about the power dynamics at play, um, the human aspect, and then again, what you do about it. So most people handle mistakes when they happen by over-apologizing and overcompensating but overcompensating in the wrong ways. So I'm going to talk about that in just a second, but uh, clients know that that's how most people handle it, right? When you feel like your back's against a wall or you fucked up in some way, the first thing you do is say, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. And then uh, let me give you 10 more versions or let me give you more of what I've already done. And, um, and I'll, and then I'll do it all in 24 hours. And, uh, right. There's all this like, um, you know, kind of like scared puppy energy that comes with it that completely fucks the power dynamic between you and a client, usually irreparably, if that's how you're handling mistakes, right? Um, And what we're after here is a way of handling mistakes without completely losing it. Because mistakes are completely human. They happen. And if you operate from a position that you know that, and that you operate as if you are still your client's partner, and that you're equals, it the power dynamic doesn't irreparably fall apart. And so we're going to talk about the power dynamic. So, um, well, you, you know, over apologies and overcompensation can soothe a really angry person. Of course, a lot of people expect it so much that they won't calm down until they get it, which is, you know, a whole other pathology, but it changes the dynamic between you and the client, because before that happened, you're the service, you know, we're going to kind of, I'm going to talk about this as if you're a service provider. I think most of my audience is. So um, you were hired to do a job where you're the expert, where they're looking to you for guidance and they're looking to you for you to be confident in your leadership of whatever it is you're doing. Now, if you, you have to maintain a certain level of power in the dynamic between you and the client in order to do your work, in order for them to trust you enough to continue to follow through and continue to trust the outcomes of the work that you present. If they stop thinking that you're a pro, then they stop feeling good about their purchase of your time or energy or your services, right? And if that happens, then what you're left with is more of a boss-employee relationship where they're actually looking for ways in which you're failing. They're looking for more mistakes. They're looking for, um, for that kind of scared puppy moment again. And they, because that's actually a more comfortable dynamic for somebody who needs something. When someone hires another person, it's because they need something that they can't do, which is inherently a kind of wobbly power dynamic because they, when someone has something they can't do, they immediately feel kind of a, like a lack of confidence, right? There's already this feeling of like, I really wish I could be in control of this, but I can't because I don't know how to do that. You know, like this is how I feel personally, you know, when I hire an accountant, I cannot do what an accountant does. I do not understand what an accountant understands. No amount of training in my MBA will make that not true, right? I am wobbly when it comes to how numbers function, how they flow, how they move from one thing to the next and how to track things effectively. I do what I need to do to manage my business effectively. But like when it comes to tax strategy and the bigger thinking stuff, I just don't understand it no matter how much I read and no matter how much I try, which means I have to hire a professional. 
immediately when I hire a professional, I'm like already feeling wobbly because I'm worried that like what I don't know what I don't know, which means I'm feeling a little bit like insecure about that. When people feel insecure, they handle things in all kinds of crazy ways. Some people handle insecurity by lashing out, being downright abusive. Some people handle insecurity by asking a thousand questions. Some people handle insecurity with a great amount of relief and they completely are hands off and expect the other person to do all the heavy lifting, right? Everybody handles feeling a little insecure in a dynamic like that differently. But what I can tell you is that when someone's feeling insecure and you mess up, that level of like maybe kind insecurity or hopeful insecurity can turn rapidly into aggressiveness. It can turn into being a total control freak because they're going to try to grab the reins because they're afraid you don't have them. And if you don't have them, then nobody has them. And then that insecurity turns to fear. Fear turns to aggression. Aggression turns into a total breakdown of the client relationship. So you have to maintain the power in that dynamic or you're basically handing over, when you hand it over to your client, you're basically saying, I can't handle this. I need you to manage me. In which case, you could give them the most amazing finished product that you've ever delivered in your life. And they're still not going to trust that it's the most amazing finished product because you melted down halfway through. So this is why it's so incredibly critical that you learn how to handle mistakes properly so that you can maintain the power dynamic and you can move forward. Okay. So we know what not to do. We know to not do the wobbly, scared puppy thing. We know to not immediately start apologizing without giving it any thought. We know to not overcompensate by over-delivering on the original product, right? Um, and there is a couple exceptions to that that I'll get to in a second. So what do you do instead? First, you take accountability only for what you know you could have done better or differently. And you don't apologize for anything past that. That's not your responsibility. So let's say you deliver something a day late and there was absolutely no stakes involved. It was an arbitrary deadline, but you said it was going to be done on Thursday and you delivered it on Friday. You say, I am so very sorry that I delivered that a day late. I really hope that that didn't cause you any inconvenience. Okay, so the next step is, and you immediately move on to what the next stage of the project is. If there's stakes involved, however, you deliver a day late and somebody's shopping cart was supposed to go live that day and uh, 50 other things were contingent on what you forgot or what you delivered late, or your computer crashed and it didn't go out on time, whatever it is, the stakes were high and you delivered late. Then you apologize for the effect of your late delivery because you are responsible for that too. I'm really sorry. I know that this was late. I know it cost you a lot. If you can come up with an exact number for what that cost you, I am more than happy to compensate you for that. Otherwise, the best thing that we can do is to move forward. This was an unavoidable mistake that I guess I should have planned better for. And I'm really, really sorry, but it's not going to happen again. And here's how I'm going to make sure it's not going to happen again. And you lay out a plan and then you immediately move forward. If, however, 
that doesn't satisfy them, then you give them a choice. Do you want to move forward together or does this feel like an irreparable relationship? Because I am more than happy to cancel your contract here with what you've paid me so far. I understand. And that's the truth of it. Because if you limp along and you let somebody continue to push and continue to lecture and continue to kind of upper hand you, you're not going to be able to deliver on it anyway. And the chances that you're actually going to get paid at the end get slimmer and slimmer by the day. So take accountability only for what you've done and all of what you've done. Explain exactly what happened, but only so far as how it affects the client, not the whole backstory of your life melting down, right? It's, I'm dealing with a lot right now and I delivered this late. I am deeply sorry. It's not your problem. And how can I compensate you to make this right? Right? Make a proposal. If they continue to push and push and push or abuse, then you back away because you can't regain from there, right? That's just not possible. So they have to be invested in your success as much as you're invested in theirs. So they have to find a point where you've taken accountability and they let that be enough. If you can't get back to that, you can't get back to that. So you have to recognize when that happens too. So you take accountability, then you clearly outline what you're going to do to fix the work and by when, and my God, you do not fuck that up. <laughs> okay. Then you take the opportunity. This is the key one. You take the opportunity to look for ways to surprise and delight your client without over delivering on the project at hand. So what that means is like, if you are a product-based business, this is what I was saying. There's some exceptions to over delivering. Um, If you are, let's say that you sell ceramics or something and something gets delivered broken, you're going to send the very same thing. You're going to send it express, right? There's one bit of surprise and delight. So you're going to eat the money. That's fine. Eat it, right? And you're going to send them the thing. And you're also going to send them a gift that would complement the thing. So that when they open that box, they are surprised and delighted. Because that person is going to tell everyone they know about how elegant your solution was to that problem. Now, if you're a service provider, it's different, though, because it can't be handled with so with such clean bookends. So let's say that you're a copywriter and you deliver something a few days late. Own the lateness. And then you don't send them more copywriting, right? You don't say, well, let me comp you a few blog posts or let me do more of what I'm already doing for you for free. Because that'll devalue your work and you can't afford that. What you do do is you send them a gift that's unrelated to your work as an apology, right? So you offer an opportunity for surprise and delight. And I I say those words a lot because it's really, really important. Um, How can you surprise them with something that's going to genuinely make their day that has absolutely nothing to do with your work? That's the key. Because now you're a person and you want them to see you as a person, not just as a robot that owns a business, right? Because none of us are. A lot of this is about recognizing humanity. And if you want to be seen as a fully baked human instead of just a person who's delivering their stuff, then it's extremely important to go, I want to make your day. I know I said I was sorry and I'm not going to make the same mistake again, but I also want to make your day better because yesterday I made your day shit, right? Now, this is not a $10 Starbucks card, right? It can't be generic. It needs to be something personal and maybe cost you a little bit of cash because you got to look at it like marketing dollars. 
For example, I used to work for a coffee company years ago. And every so often something would get smashed in the mail and somebody would open a box of coffee grounds that would explode all over their kitchen. I know that sucks, right? It's unavoidable and it sucked. Um, And what we would do is we would send um, five pounds of coffee. If one got broken, we sent five. And then usually the next month, we'd send another box with another five bags. Because what people do when they have excess coffee, they give it to everyone they know. And then they tell everyone they know about that awesome coffee company that sent them 10 pounds of coffee for the one that got broken. And now they're telling everybody all because for the cost of maybe 40 bucks in hard costs. And now we have somebody who's an evangelist. And that's the key. You want to make an evangelist out of a mistake. And that's where that's why we're talking about this, because it really is an amazing opportunity when you make a mistake to turn somebody from a grumpy, dissatisfied, insecure customer to somebody who thinks you are the bee's knees. Now, they don't think that when you just give them more of the same, because right now they don't trust that. They don't trust your work. You have to get that back by making them feel good about you as a human being. Because if they feel good about you as a human being, then they're not going to see you as a subservient and you have a much better chance of getting back on a level playing field with your client. So next, you stand firm if the person is being unreasonable or abusive. If you know you're in the right, you stay calm and you say so. If they're going, this is not what I ordered. This is not what I wanted. This isn't what I asked for. This isn't what we agreed upon. Well, you as a responsible service provider are going to have solid notes and a solid contract in place. And if they're wrong, you say so calmly. You say, we agreed on this on this date. I delivered it one day late, but it is absolutely what was contracted for, right? Stand firm. If they're being abusive, you say, I'm sorry. I'm not in a position to take that kind of language. If you feel like you can calm down, then we can proceed. Otherwise, I think we're going to need to close our contract here. And I know that's not always realistic. I know, man, when you're deep into a very expensive contract, but I promise you not one single time in all of my years has it been worth it for the money to take someone's abuse ever. So you find a way because if they walk, you'd have to find a way anyway. Right? Your job is not actually to swallow someone else's bullshit. Your job is to do a good job and deliver on time whenever possible. But you are a person. They're going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. And that is just going to happen. So you definitely do not deserve an unreasonable, angry person who's abusing you ever. It doesn't matter what their circumstances are. It just doesn't. Now, I say that. And then I have the caveat of like, You know, if you're somebody like Kelly, who deals with people who are in death and dying, you're going to deal with all kinds. I'm sure she's got stories of the emotional roller coaster that people go through. And that that might not be true for her. That might not be true for all types of businesses, but they need to see her as a human being and she needs to see them as one. So you need to be able to know your work and know that um, what that means might be variable based on your industry. but. The point is more salient is that you have to get back on a level playing field no matter what, right? You get to have boundaries. Okay, finally, shift the conversation quickly. Don't dwell in mistakes and don't let your client dwell in them either. 
remind them that this was a one-off mistake and that you're, you don't make a habit of it and then move on. Don't let the other person manipulate the conversation so that that's all they talk about. There are definitely plenty of people in this world who are very used to raising hell and getting their way, right? Um, in all kinds of settings, you know, I mean, we have the, the cultural moment of quote unquote Karens, you know, is kind of this, right? It's the person who thinks that by yelling, they're going to get what they want. You don't have to put yourself in a position to take that, but you also have to manage it in the best way that you can. As a, re- as a business owner, it's your responsibility to kind of stand firm in that and manage the client relationship. Part of this is also about how you set up the relationship from the very beginning. And that's the last piece of it is going all the way back to the beginning of the client relationship. When I start a relationship with a client, one of the very first things that I say in my kind of opening spiel is we are both human beings. We come to this table as equals. You're not my boss. I am not your your, uh, subservient. This is not a service-based relationship. You're paying for my time and my expertise, which is valuable. So is yours. So there's going to be times where I have a little girl and she might be more important than you, no matter how much you're paying me. She's always going to be more important than you. And you have things in your life that are going to be more important than the work we're doing here. And occasionally we might have to cancel on each other the last minute or somebody might be late. And these are human things that happen. And we are entering into this partnership knowing that. That's part of every single spiel and people breathe an immediate sigh of relief. And since I've added that to my setup in my coaching practice, I can't say I've had an, a negative client relationship ever since because people understand it's baked into the setup that we are welcoming our humanity here. That's it. That's just the way it is. You get to set the frame in every client dynamic. And if you do it well, Instead of doing it in that the customer's always right way, which is bullshit, it just is. Customer is not always right. We are human beings. And to create equity in a client relationship, you have to treat it that way. And you get to set the pace for that. So if you get it right, you have a real chance to make an absolute evangelist out of an annoyed client. Like they absolutely will tell everyone they know if you handled something that went shitty in the absolute best way possible. They'll tell way more people, in fact, than if you just did an ordinary good job a lot of the time because people love those exceptional stories. So that's why our topic today is, you know, you want better clients, make more mistakes, right? (laughs) It's obviously you don't want to do that on purpose, but recognizing that mistakes are going to happen And knowing exactly how you're going to handle it with confidence, with poise, with a little bit of elegance, and with plenty of grace, it's amazing how far it will get you. All right, everybody. That's our show for today. I look forward to seeing you for our next episode. Thank you very much for your attention and for spending time with me. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. For more information, visit yourlifesworkshop.com.